Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today, which is April 22nd, 2020. I'm really excited about our guest today. We're going to be talking about plastic surgery and kind of the red flags involved in it that we might want to learn something about. We have with us today Dr. Dimitri. He is a board-certified surgeon. And he specializes in facial plastic surgery, but he also does hair transplant procedures and injectables. He has um, a practice in Beverly Hills and also in Tampa Bay, Florida. So let's bring him on. Hello, Dr. Dimitri. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. So what part of the country are you in today? I'm actually currently in uh, California and uh, quarantining with um, my girlfriend and her family. We've been here for a little while now, and it's a beautiful day, and we're just all trying to, you know, do our part with this uh, social distancing, and hopefully things can return to normal sooner than later. Yes, we're all very hopeful for that, for sure. Yeah. Uh huh. I always like to ask... How did you get on the path to plastic surgery? When did you decide to go into it? So I get asked that a lot because I have two older brothers who are both surgeons as well. My oldest brother is a heart surgeon, and my other brother wow. is a vascular surgeon. So I didn't really have much of a choice in what I was going to do with my career. But um, <laughs> I actually I actually was, uh, I was working at Johns Hopkins Hospital, and they have a world-renowned facial plastic surgery department there. And I was working with, uh, this was when I was in medical school, and there's a surgeon there who was treating a patient who had ear cancer. And unfortunately, she had to have the majority of her ear removed. They did to reconstruct it was take cartilage, rib cartilage, they molded it into the shape of her other ear to use that as a framework. They implanted it in her forearm to let skin grow around it. And then after months of that, they transplanted it back up to her, to the ear where it had been removed. And I just remember thinking what an incredible process that all was. And I learned so much even at a you know, young age and an uh, early point in my career. And then from there, I went into that field and I've kind of slowly migrated a little bit more into aesthetics and cosmetics. But um, that's really where my interest uh, started. Mm. Is there any one particular specialty that you enjoy more? In other words, do you like doing the facial plastic surgery or are you more into uh-huh. hair transplants or <laughs> Yeah. So it's a you know, it is even it's a very uh specialized field. Again, I only do facial plastic surgery, so I don't I don't do breast or body work. 
but um, I really enjoy uh, like facial rejuvenation procedures, meaning like facelifts, mm-hmm. something called the lip lift and eyelid surgery. I think those are those are what I'm very passionate about and, and do a lot of. Okay, that's that's interesting. How far have we come? If we if we take a step back, say even five years ago, how has it advanced? It's unbelievable the advances that we've had, and especially really in the technology on the the non non surgical and minimally invasive options. So, meaning surgical procedures are still up compared to where they were ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But if you look at non-surgical and minimally invasive options, they're up like 600%. And so patients Jeez. these days, you know, we're very, we're, in our society, we're very impatient, right? We see something and mm-hmm. we want it right then and there, and we don't want any downtime to our lives, and we just want to keep going and working and, and not have to recover. And so mm-hmm. that's where a ton of interest and research has, has been devoted to these non-surgical options. And so I, I uh, work with one company who I, and I believe in their technology and I've seen great results in my patients. And so that's um, really, I think, making a lot of progress in the field of plastic surgery or these, you know, these treatments where patients don't have to have surgery. Sometimes there's no scars and the downtime can be minimal. And that's, that's really popular in our, in our culture. And what technology are you using so there's the, the company is called InMode, and there's uh, a platform called Embrace. And so the, the, the kind of catchy term that the company calls for the procedure is called Face Tight. And how it works, it's radio frequency technology, and basically I'm able to insert a probe that melts fat and tightens skin at the same time. And it's a procedure that takes less than an hour, maybe you know, a couple of days of, of swelling afterwards. And the results are are really magnificent. And, uh, you know, of course, it won't <clears throat> replace facelifts and, and a neck lift if there's really, you know, drapey skin or crepey skin. But it's um, patients love it. And, it's a, you know, people, if you do it on a Thursday or Friday, you could be back to work on Monday. So it's a great option. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. How long did it mm-hmm. take you to train for it? Two years to become a specialist in facial plastic yeah. surgery. So okay. it's yeah. really, it's actually, once you're comfortable and, and, and a specialist in the face and you know the anatomy, doing the procedure, it's not technically challenging. You know, it's, it's okay. much, much easier than performing a facelift or a rhinoplasty. And so if you're experienced in those, then doing this is kind of a piece of cake, to be honest. Okay. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. What, so, taking all this into consideration, what's your most popular procedure that you do? So right now, I think it's really, uh, really popular are these jawline contouring procedures that I'm that I'm referring to that can really tighten okay. uh, someone's neck. And okay. another, the other procedure I mentioned earlier that's very popular is something called a lip lift. And as we age, the distance between the base of our nose and the upper lip, it elongates. And a sign of youth and, and, and rejuvenation is to have a little bit of a shorter distance there. So there's a procedure called a lip lift where we can remove a thin strip of skin right underneath the nose. So the scar is, is hidden there. And it can help pull up the lip a little bit and show a little bit more of the teeth, which is 
kind of uh, the sexy feature, if you will, in, in our aesthetics and our, in our culture. And um, that's also a procedure. And the nice thing is it's done our treatment room under local anesthesia. Patients, you know, they don't need to be asleep or anything for it. Of course, we numb and so they don't have any pain. But um, it's a, the results, are, you know, for the right patient, of course, it can look great. And um, it's really fun to do. Well, I'm I'm learning a lot about these new procedures that I didn't know existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, we we're, we're going to talk today a little bit about red flags. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. A lot of us, you know, want to delve into plastic surgery, but we don't know uh-huh. where the pitfalls might be. Yeah. So you know, that's there's a lot of things. To consider when you're choosing a, a provider, when you know mm-hmm. before an aesthetic procedure. So one thing you know, and a lot of I would say, and this will stand the length of time is referrals, right, and word of mouth. And so that's you can spend as much money as you want on your marketing, regardless of the business you're in, but you have to you know deliver results, right? You can you can't be a sure. a good doctor or a good lawyer or anything without you know doing a good job. And um, so that's important. So if you do a good job on someone, they're going to tell their friends, they'll tell their family members or someone, and that person will, you know, chances are, come to you for their procedure as well. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, you know, a good place to start. Now, of course, you need to do your research. I mean, I've trained at some of the best institutions in the country, from Columbia University to Johns Hopkins to UC, UT Southwestern Dallas to, to Beverly Hills, and um, I think that plays a big part in it as well. So. Mm-hmm. I feel very comfortable in, in what I can offer a patient and what, uh, you know, what all my training and experience has brought to me. So it's mm. important for, I think, I think the consumer to go online. You know, it's pretty easy. You can Google someone and read about them. And then also when you're reading about their, their biography and their, where they're from, you can take a look at their reviews. And so that's another mm-hmm. thing I think that's important is for patients. There's so many platforms online now, whether it's Google reviews, or Yelp, or um, something called Real Self, which is a kind of a plastic surgery-based uh, network where someone, who, a consumer, can log in and read about a procedure. They can uh, read about a provider in their area, and they can ask a question. And a doctor from all over the world can log in and answer their question. And it's actually it's a great a great concept and um, for the consumer to kind of you know find someone who who fits their aesthetic and what they're looking for. So I think that's another, uh, another way for, for patients to, to find the right doctor. You know, that's a, a realself.com, correct? Correct. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. That's a, a great resource. I checked it out. Yeah. I was cur- curious uh-huh. about it. It's, they have a yeah. lot of, of um, before and after pictures of, of people that have undergone it's- Exactly. And that's another thing, too, is um, what actually in in our society, believe it or not, I think Instagram has played a huge part in the rise of plastic surgery procedures. Because, you know, in our culture, we're so we're really easily influenced, especially by celebrities and actors and actresses. And in this day and age, it's really not as taboo to undergo these procedures. You can log, you know, watch an episode of the Kardashians and see, you know, what they're doing. Uh, to their bodies, and then you know the next day the phones will blow off the hook because people are gonna you know want to do what they're having done. So mm. uh, with 
<clears throat> Instagram and social media, people log in. They're, they're, it's a visual platform, right? So it's all photos and videos, which for mm-hmm. plastic surgeons is great because it's like, a, you know, I explain it to people. It's almost like a modern-day website. You know, you can – I show a lot of before and afters. Of course, with my, my patient's consent, I show videos of procedures being done. A lot of times people are interested in seeing how we actually, you know, do what we do. And then, uh, you know, other types of photos of patients and media type stuff. So I think, if, if, you know, if it's used in the right way, it's actually very educational and, and very, you know, advantageous to us as the, as the provider as well. Do you use, uh, I mean... Instagram is part of Facebook, so do you post most of your things on Facebook first? I have a marketing company personally that handles my Facebook, and okay. internally within my practice, we we deal with the Instagram. So I um, I have a lot. Of, I'm very active on my social media. I respond to all my comments and messages personally and um but uh yeah we we're, we're posting on both as much you know every day there's something going out to, whether it's a new before and after or a video or what happens. oh that's so, great yeah so what are they um, com- so what would what would our listeners look for on instagram dr dimitri or so my, yeah they can find me at dr dimitri d-e-m-e-t-r-i that's my our handle and same thing on facebook they can search us there but um, yeah, I'd love to answer any questions that people have uh, online, and um, it's always fun. You, I, this morning, I had a um, FaceTime consultation with a patient from Switzerland. He's going to be oh. flying, which is great. He's going to be flying to the States once it's safe to do so for, for her procedure. So, you know, this, this Instagram, you can reach patients globally, which is, which is great. Oh my gosh, that's really something, isn't it? <laughs> you actually uh-huh. could yeah. see her. You could see her over over the um, the internet, et cetera, and yeah. then give her a consultation. Yeah. Ah! Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. So especially, you know, given the uh, pandemic currently, where our our office has been closed now for a while, and we've been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, keeping the practice organized, and I've been busy almost every day with um with FaceTime consults and it's fun. You know, you get to connect. It's, I think an opportunity for, you know, patients as well who normally have busy, you know, work lives and perhaps can't, don't have the time to come in during the week. So mm-hmm. if they're at home, we can just do a quick FaceTime and chat and get to know each other and um, go from there. That's great. Would you say that there's less um, complete facelifts as a result of all the, the new technology, in other words, you're not doing as many as say they used to years ago. So uh, the technology that I was referring to earlier, it's great. We call it, it's like for a gap patient. And what that means is it's, it's really meant for someone who's not quite at the age or just ready yet for a facelift, but they want to do something and perhaps Botox and filler is just not, not enough. And so okay. that's what this does. And it can set the clock back 10 years, which is great. And, you know, so it doesn't, it's not to say that they perhaps won't need or won't want <clears throat> a facelift down the road. It's just something that can, you know, make them feel a little bit more confident in their 40s, early 50s, late 30s type of thing. So I, I think oh. the <clears throat> amount of surgical facelifts is the same. 
Um, oh, really? It's just, this is Interesting. Now, yeah, this is, yeah, this is just another tool in our armatarium to offer patients. Okay. And for the listeners, tell us again what that is called. It's called Face Tight, and they actually spell it T-I-T-E. And it's a great, I encourage everyone to, to look it up. It's a really cool uh, technology and procedure. Okay, great. Was well, there anything else you'd like to add today? I just, I'm grateful for being on. I encourage all the listeners to, you know, do their research when they're, when they're looking for a doctor and, um, and find someone who, you know, specializes in, in that area that they're wanting. If it's the breast augmentation, well, you know, you got to, you should find someone who does a lot of that because just like mm-hmm. in any, any industry, whether it's journalism or law work or what have you, you want to find someone who's really focused on one, on one thing and they're experienced at it. So I'd be happy to answer anyone's questions out there through Instagram or email or what have you. So just tell them to reach out. And what, what is your email? And they can send us an email to our practice. It's info at drdimitrimd.com. And we'll Great. answer them right away. Okay. And then I, I just had one last question, and that is, I, I know that you're practicing in Tampa as well as Beverly Hills. Um, are uh-huh. you finding there's any difference, differences between um, your your East and your West Coast clients as far as the cosmetic procedures and trends? You know, it's, it's in California, and you're right, in the Los Angeles, Beverly Hills area, uh, perhaps just because there's the entertainment factor to it and a lot of actresses and actors and people in the spotlight. So they're, they're mm-hmm. usually kind of maybe a little bit quicker on what the latest trend is. And, but it, it funnels down to the other, the, you know, the more mid-level cities like Tampa and Dallas and, and other cities like that. So it, it's really, it's just a little bit of a lag, but otherwise I do the same things I do in Los Angeles and Tampa, Florida, which is kind of funny. <laughs> well everybody has their needs right exactly well thank you so much Dr. Dimitri for coming on today thank you for having me I appreciate it and um, I'm very hopeful that you'll be able to get back to work soon and just book all those clients so they're all ready to go (laughs) yeah exactly we're gonna we'll have a safe protocol in place for all our patients to make sure we're still uh, implementing social distancing from one patient to the next and disinfecting and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, we're ready to get back and, to, you know, take care of all our beautiful patients. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Program for today. Thank you so much for joining in. We'll have another great guest for you next Wednesday. And until then, please be well and be safe. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?